Welcome to Bible Fellowship Church's The Upper Room. Our podcast addresses the Christian's role in today's culture. We hope you enjoy it and find it informative. To help support our ministry, please consider becoming a subscriber and financial contributor. Links to donate are on our website at bfcforyou.org. Now let's get going. Welcome, everybody. This is Pastor Scott, and I just wanted to do a quick direct message for this week's Upper Room. We've got several things in the works, but nothing was actually ready to be published this week, so I thought I'd sit down in front of the microphone and just talk about a few of the things that uh, I've been thinking about. I preached this last Sunday, gave the Sunday message, and talked a little bit about false teachers, and talked primarily about the idea of false teachers within the church that, you know, there are people that come into the church, either believers who have gone astray or unbelievers who are under the influence of Satan, possibly, but uh, or just have a malignant intent of their own. And so these people spend time trying to pervert the gospel and lead people astray uh, with their own version of the gospel, whether that be, you know, the prosperity gospel or some, you know, kind of bizarre sexualized thing or whatever. Uh, it just seems to be there's a lot of folks out there trying to disrupt or corrupt the gospel as taught in the scriptures and by the apostles. So anyways, but it's not limited to the church. Um, we're also seeing this same kind of false teaching going on in our society. And unfortunately, it's it's come down to political lines and there's politics involved. And, you know, while politics generally in and of itself is not a terrible thing, I mean, it's a good thing to discuss policies and argue back and forth. And hopefully you can come to a good solution for everybody. I mean, that's kind of the the founding principles of our country and the idea of working within a republic. And so, you know, it's not bad in, in concept, but it seems like over the last few decades, it's just gotten more and more acrimonious where it's not so much about listening to the other side and coming to some kind of solution. It's all about defeating the other side and um, shutting them down, shutting them up, not letting them speak, you know, and they talk in, in kind of warlike terms like that, that it's, it's a battle and we're in it to defeat the other side kind of thing. And it's a shame. And so I, I was looking at a few articles today. Today, when this is being recorded, Joe Biden has come out and mandated that all federal employees uh, be vaccinated. And if you're not vaccinated, then they're going to make life really tough on you. They're, you're going to have to wear a mask. You're going to have to socially distance. You're going to have to um, basically stay in your office or cubicle or whatever. And you're going to have to submit to weekly and maybe even twice a week testing for COVID, which in some ways is kind of interesting because I guess they won't be testing people who have been vaccinated, even though people who have been vaccinated uh, also occasionally test positive for COVID. And this is one of the things that I think in the narrative that's been spun in order to get people to comply with what the government bureaucracy wants us to do they've essentially been lying to us or at least telling us half truths. And part of what they've been doing is uh, the narrative up until a, a few weeks ago was 
you know, if you get the shot, you don't have to wear the mask anymore. Once you're fully vaccinated, you're protected from, from getting COVID, uh, which we've learned now is not actually true. Uh, you still can get COVID even though you've been vaccinated. All the vaccine does for you is prevents you from being hospitalized or dying. And even that's not 100% effective. You know, the 96 or 94% efficacy rates that they gave us meant basically that that was your chances of not dying from it, uh, which means there's still, you know, a, a very small chance that you could die from it. And that's a good thing. I'm not, I'm not down on vaccines at all. A matter of fact, I'm very um, pro-vaccination. I'm fully vaccinated for everything with the exception of COVID. And the only reason I haven't gotten vaccinated uh, for the COVID virus yet is because I was intending to get the Johnson and Johnson and then they had the pause and then I just haven't gotten around to to getting it, but I'm also still, you know, I've had the virus, I have natural immunity, and I'm still testing positive for antibodies. And uh, I get uh, blood tests done every time I give blood with the Red Cross, and that comes back positive, and they want my blood to be able to do uh, antigen-type therapies for other people who are having difficulty producing antibodies in their own blood. And I have a, a fairly rare um, blood type, so that they want my blood. So. But in relation to this mandate that's now on federal employees, part of what was said was that, you know, and it's the same thing, you're going to kill grandma, you're going to kill grandma, you know, there's no reason that people should be dying because of this, no one needs to die if everyone would just get vaccinated. And no mention anywhere of whether or not natural immunity is a good thing, bad thing, whatever, even though they're, they're doing more studies and, they're, and people have been having natural immunity a lot longer than vaccinated immunity. And uh, yet nobody seems to care about that, you know, and you wonder why. Well, what is it about natural immunity that is a threat? I mean, if they need to test whether or not you have natural immunity, that's easily done with a blood test to determine whether or not you still have antibodies. Um, if the goal is to get to herd immunity, you know, and is there harm in taking the vaccine if you've already got the antibodies and you've got the natural immunity? Probably not. There was some talk initially about putting out some guidance for people who had had COVID and had the natural immunity that they might just need a booster in order to elevate their antibody level to a level um, better, more sufficient, kind of like getting the second shot with a lot of these vaccines. The first shot only gives you about 60% or so effective um, protection against dying from COVID. So that's why they give you the second shot to get you up into that 90% range. And so maybe for people who have the natural immunity from having had COVID, maybe they only need the one shot just to get them boosted up to that 90% level. And I could kind of go along with that thinking. It sort of made sense. Um, but we don't really know, you know, and there's no real good test out there to show whether or not somebody has good immunity versus bad immunity. I mean, even for people who are vaccinated with the vaccine, everybody responds differently to the vaccine. And so there's no way to really test to see if you if your body developed enough of the, you know, spike proteins and all this kind of stuff that gives you that immunity, uh, they, it's just a yes or no thing. You either do or you don't have it uh, when you do get the test. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know, it's also confusing. And there seems to be more and more data coming out all the time. One of the latest things that came out in a recent article in Foundation for Economic Education was the headline was, despite Delta alarmism, U.S. COVID deaths are at the lowest level since March of 2020, Harvard and Stanford professors explain. 
And so while the news media is really making this big push and, you know, really talking up the fact that the COVID cases are rising, cases don't equal deaths. And uh, even if they respond that, well, you know, wait a couple of weeks, the deaths usually lag behind the cases. In this case, it's been a few weeks now, and they're still not seeing the rise in deaths. Definitely not like we had back in from November till about February of this last year where the deaths, you know, really went up before all the vaccines and everything came out. So you wonder, okay, well, what is the real motivation here? And so that kind of led me to another article, a headline that I saw, which was daily COVID deaths in Sweden hit zero as other nations brace for more lockdowns. And you probably didn't hear anything about this. They don't talk about Sweden at all anymore. Everything, everything is all about vaccines and getting vaccinated and, you know, basically maligning the unvaccinated as horrible people who are trying to kill everybody and, you know, making this thing linger on. And it's gotten to the point now where people are actually being uh, verbally abused and attacked in public um, if they admit that they're unvaccinated, which, you know, obviously is wrong and we don't condone that in any way. And uh, but this article about Sweden you know, Sweden early on took a different approach than all the rest of the countries. They were, they believed that their best bet to beat this virus was to um, protect their elderly, quarantine their elderly and people who were at risk, and then allow their younger people to go ahead and go out in public and get infected with it, um, spread it through the population and get to that herd immunity. You know, once, once those people all recovered from it, then um, that effectively would really diminish the dangerous nature of the virus. And everybody lambasted them over it. And they really caught a bunch of grief in the news media because they weren't doing the lockdowns. They weren't doing a lot of the, the other protocols and the mask mandates and all that kind of stuff that other countries were doing. And guess what? Uh, this last week, part of the article says, what are the results of Sweden's much derided laissez-faire uh, policy? Data show the seven-day rolling average for COVID deaths yesterday was zero, as in nada, and has been at zero for about a week now. So their policy ended up ultimately working out and being better than, than what the rest of the globe had decided to do. And it's interesting because what the rest of the globe decided to do was follow recommendations that were, be given, that were being given to us. Um, not initially by the CDC or even the WHO, but these were the protocols and things that were being followed like by China. And so you got to wonder why we would take advice from a communist country that only wants our demise. They want us to no longer be a superpower so they can be the new superpower. Yet we, we and the rest of the world, they may be the exception of Sweden, just bought it lock, stock, and barrel. Didn't even, didn't even ask a question. And it's kind of interesting because once the, the mandates went into effect, uh, the way they portrayed it and the way they went kind of over the top, the hyperbole that was involved, um, you know, you're killing grandmother, you're, you know, all these horrible things that were, were said to quote unquote, encourage people to do the right thing and wear the masks and social distance and, you know, ultimately get vaccinated and whatnot. It seems to me that the more you try to force people in a population to do something, the more resistance you're going to get. But these people don't get that. I mean, that's a biblical principle. That's a principle of sin and how the sin nature works. But these people don't get that. 
You know, they think that if the government mandates something or says it, then everybody will just stop, you know, step in line and do it. And if they don't do it, we'll force them to do it. You know, we'll hold them down and, you know, stick a needle in their arm and give them a shot. And, uh, and it seems to me that's just kind of a, I don't know, that's, that's like a, that's a power trip or something. It's not definitely not a biblical approach, definitely not a, a free market approach, definitely not a, you know, a free society approach to anything. I mean, this is definitely more of a, you know, Chinese communist party sort of approach. We saw the Chinese doing this very thing, you know, locking people up, putting people away, forcibly vaccinating folks, this kind of thing, taking groups of people and testing vaccines on them. You know, I mean, this is the kind of crazy stuff that, you know, that the communists do and we're, we're not communists, you know, and we don't, we don't live that way, nor do we want to be controlled that way. But it seems to me there's, there's a group of people in this country that kind of keep pushing for this ideal of more centralized control, you know, and their idea is, is that, you know, the smartest, the best, the brightest, whatever among us will be these people that will be in control. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm looking at who's in control and Congress and, and the presidency. And I'm not seeing that those are the people that we're talking about. And when they talk about people, well, you know, you got to talk about people like Dr. Fauci and people that are in the, in the bureaucracy. Well, those people are largely unaccountable, you know, so they, they also are suspect in what they, in what they want or what they recommend. And so it's, uh, I don't know, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a mess right now and people don't know who to trust. People don't know who to listen to. You know, if you haven't been vaccinated yet, do you get the vaccine or do you not get the vaccine? There is another vaccine coming out. I know part of the objection to the Johnson and Johnson is that they did use uh, fetal tissue, aborted fetal tissue in the development of the vaccine. And so the Catholic, some of the diocese in the Catholic church and other folks have kind of come out against the Johnson and Johnson vaccine for that reason. And other people are unsure about the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, you know, because most of us probably have friends or relatives who got the first shot and seemed to do okay. I got the second shot and ended up sick as a dog for at least a couple of days, you know, really feeling rough and having a tough time with it and uh, not wanting to go through that themselves. It's like, okay, well, I'm not so sure that the, the disease, you know, hit me that bad, but maybe, you know, maybe it did. I, I did feel pretty rough for quite a while. Anyways, it seems like there's, there's just, I don't know, it, it seems like there's an effort to always sensationalize everything with the, with the objective or the feeling that the American people are too stupid to, to do the right thing if given their own freedom to do it, right? That if you give the American people their own freedom to do it, that they're not going to do it. And a lot of people are not doing it. about a third of, I guess, a third or so of adults have not been vaccinated yet. Now, we don't know how many of those actually have natural immunity because they were sick with the virus and, you know, don't feel they need to get vaccinated. But even those who haven't had the virus yet and don't want to get vaccinated, the more you hound and harangue them, the more they're going to dig in their feet and say, no, you're not, you're not going to do it. Matter of fact, I was talking to someone today and I said, you know, Biden's going to mandate this whole vaccine thing on federal employees and you're going to have to take the take the vaccine, you know, to work. Otherwise, you're going to have to, you know, go through the testing every week and wear a mask at work all day. And the response back was, I'd rather do that. You know, they're not going to tell me what to do. You know, I'd rather I'd rather I'd rather put up with the nasal swabs and all that every week than to be forced into doing something that 
that I wasn't sure that I really wanted to do. But now that you're trying to force me to do it, I'm definitely not doing it. And that's just, that's human nature, you know? And, and for whatever reason, these people just don't get that. They think the more they harangue and the more, you know, they give you grief over it, the more likely you are to finally succumb to it. You might, and they might succumb to it eventually, but I got a feeling there's going to be a lot of resentment involved. And at some point, people are going to begin to fight back and it's not going to be good. Um, you can only push people like that for so long before they say they've had enough, especially Americans. I mean, we've got a rebellious streak anyways, and uh, we don't like to be told what to do. Most of us are immigrants from countries that uh, we were either kicked out of or we left because we got tired of being told what to do. <laughs> so, you know, in, in a big way, it's it's in our DNA. It's It's part of who we are as Americans. And so if they had just come out and given us clear guidance and recommendations and said, look, you know, this is, this is your best case scenario outcome. If everyone will do these things, I think most people would have gone along with it and said, okay, you know, no problem. But because of the way they phrased it, you're going to kill grandma, the way they harangued everybody and said, you must wear the mask. You must do this. You must do that. And you must lock, you know, lock yourself in your house or whatever did it through mandates and did it through insults and did it through emotional pleas of, of not being a good person because you did this, that, or the other. A lot of Americans just got fed up with it and said, nope, dug in their heels and they're not doing anything that they're being told to do. So it's, it's a interesting time to live. <laughs> and I think what we're seeing here is the principle of some of the stuff I was talking about on Sunday was that idea that, with the false teachers, those who come in and use words and try to sway and, and that kind of thing. I think we're seeing kind of that in real life in society and the way that we're being lied to, but the way we're being gaslighted, we're being told something is something when it's not like the, the inference of cases rising is that there's lots of people dying and that, you know, certain people, including the current president even came out and said that, you know, people are dying who shouldn't have to die because of this. If they, you know, they had just been vaccinated or their relative who gave them COVID had been vaccinated or whatever could stop this thing. That's the other misnomer too, is that somehow we're going to get to a point where there's no more COVID that we've defeated COVID. I don't see that happening. You know, we've had the flu since early 1900s and we still have the flu and, and we haven't defeated it. I think I think COVID's going to end up being the same way. It's going to be a yearly thing. And, and the reason I say that is it's not like polio and not like smallpox and some of these other things where they actually came out with a true vaccine that prevented you from actually getting those diseases, stopped you from getting those diseases. They focused on stopping people from getting the disease, not on making sure people survive the disease. Whereas the flu, the flu shot, and the COVID shots um, don't actually prevent you from getting COVID. Yeah, they, they reduce your chances of getting COVID, but they, they're not 100% effective in, in that. What, what the only thing they really promise is that if you have the vaccine, is that you have a 90-something percent chance of not being hospitalized or not dying of it, which are good odds. And I'm not, again, I'm not anti-vaccine. I, I, I'm, I'm all for it. Matter of fact, the vaccine I'm looking forward to them releasing later this fall is Novavax. If the Novavax vaccine comes out, that's probably the one I'll end up getting um, just as kind of a booster. You know, it's been over a year now since I had COVID. And if it really does sort of follow the pattern of the flu, you're probably going to have to get some kind of a booster shot every year. 
Uh, so far, they're saying, no, that's not the case. You're not going to get it. Pfizer came out today and, and made comment of that. Well, the CDC and Fauci and everybody jumped on that right away and said, oh, no, no, we're not recommending that at all. I, I guarantee you somewhere down the road, they're going to start recommending you get an annual COVID shot. And it'll probably be combined with the flu shot. So you'll just get this annual COVID slash flu shot. Of course, it's it's the SARS virus. So it'll be a SARS flu um, shot that you'll have to get every year because, you know, it's one of these things, it's going to mutate, it's going to change, it's going to, it's going to have different strains that come out each year. And so there's going to be some kind of an annual vaccination for that. So in, in that sense, it's not a true vaccination and that it prevents you from getting the illness. With all that said, my encouragement to folks is, you know, don't freak out over all this stuff. Yes, it's confusing. Yes, it's angering. Yes, it's, you know, it gets your hackles up. It makes you angry. But, you know, again, you know, we are believers. We are people who show the love of Christ. And uh, we need to be, we need to be the peacemakers in this situation and try to bring some kind of reason and, and logic back to this craziness that we seem to have found ourselves in. Because people aren't thinking reasonably and logically anymore. They're thinking emotionally. And unfortunately, when people begin to think emotionally, um, all kind of bad things happen. So we want to get out of that. And we want to try to get um, back to a place where uh, reason can prevail. And uh, hopefully, you know, this is just me being very optimistic that, uh, you know, we can get to someplace politically where we can have open and civil discourse once again. Uh, it hasn't been that way in a long time. You know, you watch some of the old, you know, news bits and whatnot with Ronald Reagan chiding or, or giving the Democrats a hard time, but you never got the feeling that he hated them or disliked them in any way, you know, and then now you've got, you know, Pelosi calling uh, McCarthy a moron. It's like, really? I mean, this is where our, our discourse is gone that, uh, you know, we're name calling now because we don't, uh, we don't actually have an argument. So instead of actually coming back and debating something, we just begin name calling. That's, that's where our political discourse is today. It's, it's pretty sad really. So I know this sounds like a bit of a bummer, a little bit of craziness, but this is kind of where my mind has been at today. And, um, just some things I've been mulling over and thinking about and, and it's, um, while it's not super encouraging, I am hopeful that Ultimately, I think as, as believers, we can make a difference in this situation, at le if not nationally, at least within our, our own churches and with our own friends. And uh, hopefully, uh, if we can stay level-headed and we can be open and be able to be reasonable and reasoned with and not allow that sin nature to cause us to dig in our heels and... and uh, you know, fold our arms and say, you know, not only no, but heck no, you're not going to make me do anything. I think, I think maybe we can, we can help, um, the civil discourse. So with that, let's just, uh, we'll close this off with some prayer. Heavenly father, uh, I come before you thanking you Lord for, uh, this opportunity to just kind of speak of some things that are on my mind and, and, uh, searching through your scriptures, looking for some answers and, and, uh, not really finding what what I wanted to put my finger on for this evening, but uh, I do thank you, Lord, for uh, just giving me the the mind of Christ that uh, we can speak about some of these things and hopefully talk about them in a reasonable manner and 
and uh, try to help improve the discourse and make it more civil that we might have a reasonable civil discourse in this country. And uh, even even if it's just among believers, our, you know, ourselves, there's a lot of animosity back and forth uh, between peoples who have divided themselves by political lines and political ideological fil- affiliations. And uh, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to put that aside, uh, stick to the scripture, stick to the teaching of the apostles, and not allow ourselves to devolve into the craziness of, of the world. Father, I thank you for our church. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to speak to some of these things. I ask, Lord, that my words might be fruitful and help somebody to make a change in their mind and in their thinking. And I just pray these things in Jesus' name. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and found it thought-provoking. The Upper Room is a Bible Fellowship Church production. The opinions discussed by our guests are just opinions and random thoughts at the time of recording and do not necessarily reflect the doctrine or stated beliefs of Bible Fellowship Church.